You are listening to Engaging and Exciting Conversation on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Get ready. Now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Radiant Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Cookie Monster. Today, um, we've got the, the producer with us, so he's going to be part of the discussion. Yeah. Uh, but I think more importantly, we have a very special guest with us today. Uh, he's a good friend of ours and um, somebody that we've known for, for a long time. But um, today, he's not just coming as a friend, but he's coming as um, a professional and uh, someone who's going to help us to dissect and really dive into the topic that we want to talk about today. Uh, Dr. Suli, what's happening? I'm good, man. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you got me by surprise there, like a oh, special guest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Special guest. Nice to special. be here. Thanks, Faye. Spe- you know, special you. can mean a lot of things, yeah. right? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the fact that you call yourself Cookie Man. <laughs> listen, listen, my man. Um, don't don't ask too many questions. I, I'm the one All asking right. the questions today. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We'll, we'll get into that later. Uh, but today our topic is um, a hot one. I, I think this is definitely a hot one. Um, today we're talking about vaccines and, yeah, vaccines, the V word. So Doc Suli um, is a medical doctor, an actual medical doctor, not just um, a, self, a self, self-proclaimed self doctor. And uh, he's somebody who, who, who practices uh, medicine and 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 he'll tell us a bit about himself but why we have doc suli with us today is is really because you know as you know with our podcast our goal is to speak truth to point people to truth and there's been a lot of talk about the vaccines and about the virus and um especially you know uh, regarding the vaccines there's a lot of theories out there uh some people are really skeptical some people are like oh, you know what uh, this this is the beast. Uh, there's all kinds of theories about 5G, and I mean it's a it's a lot that is out there. Um, and then there's also genuine concerns that are there, which are like gen- genuine medical concerns, because you know people watch the news and they hear that this particular um, vaccine uh, is causing blood clots and whatnot. Then there's been news about certain powerful people wanting to um, make people sterile because they're trying to they're on some deep popu, population agenda so i mean there's a lot of this kind of stuff going on but um why we have doc suli with us today is that you know he's going to talk to us as as a medical professional and uh, he's going to help us uh get into this so doc good to have you here yeah thanks a lot I'm yeah i'm honored yeah so maybe what i can do quickly uh t-mac is just fun on now. Oh, she has just come through. Welcome, yeah. T Mac. Hi. Is my mic on? Your mic is on. Oh, okay. Awesome. <laughs> Hi, Doc. Hi. How are you doing? Good. Thanks. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Awesome. Awesome. Nice to have you, T Mac. Uh, nice, nice for you to be to be with us. Uh, so. Doc, uh, for the benefit of our audience, I'm just going to ask you quickly just to tell us a bit about yourself, who you are, um, who's Doc Suli, and yeah, all those nice things that you want us to know about you. Okay, thanks. 
Um, so my full name is Suleiman uh, Makore. So the Suli is how I've always been referred to from home. You know, I always like to say your mom keeps, no matter what you call yourself, your mom always has a name she calls you. So it was Suli from day one. So the doc Suli is because, yes, I am a medical doctor. I am currently based at Parinata Hospital. Here in Harare, I'm specializing in anesthetics. And I am married to a wonderful wife. And oh, my yes. Friend, oh, yes. By the name oh, of yes. Ngai. Yeah, oh, she's yes. somewhere here now. She's somewhere here in the house. Maybe I might call her and say, hey, come, we're on TV, radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, that's, that's and, I, and I like animals a lot. Yeah. 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 No, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get into that because I think that's actually a very interesting uh, thing that we're gonna talk about. Your he, your he, your multi. He, he conveniently left out the fact that this family is like, a, yeah, like they're like geniuses, like all of them, like insane. Like I don't know what breed you guys are, but yeah, it comes from a family of genius. his brother himself. Uh, I, I believe you got a younger sister as well. These yeah. guys are like super geniuses. Yeah, I've oh, I, you know I've spoken to him about his younger sister a couple of times, um, but anyway, we'll we'll talk about that. About um, well, listen, uh, yeah. So <laughs> back to the back to the topic. Don't, don't, don't let him dilute him, Don't let him. Listen, listen, listen. Um, anyway, Doc, we'll talk. Yes. So, so um, one of the most uh, fascinating things about, I guess, about having Doc here is that he's both a medical doctor, somebody who's a, a frontline, who's part of the you know frontline workers who are actually we're actually dealing with this on a on a daily basis, um, and then Doc is also uh, he happens to to be someone who actually was a victim of the virus as well at some point. I remember you know you, you are, we're friends and we talk when when you are. In isolation because you you know you tested positive, and um, which was quite a hectic period for you as well. So you have that experience. Um, then of course you're vaccinated. You, you you yourself have been vaccinated. So I think you know this is this is going to make for quite an interesting discussion. So maybe let's just let's jump straight into it. And I guess the first question I have, Doc, is this: um, the virus itself, right? I, I've heard people say things like. COVID is, uh, it, it's, it's all manufactured. It's, you know, um, it, there's nothing, rather COVID is just like a, a normal flu. You know, people have said things like that. So I want to know from you that um, how real is COVID? I know, I know this may sound like a bit of a silly question, but I mean, I, I want to hear from you that how real is it? How different is it from, from the common flu? You know, because there have been people who've been saying that, you know, there's really no difference between um, the COVID virus and and yeah and that okay um, firstly even the name you know we call it we shorten it to COVID-19 uh, mm -hmm. but the, the official name that it goes by is SARS-CoV-2 uh, which is uh, basically a, a family of respiratory viruses so we have in history we have known some of these I'm sure you've heard they've been uh outbreaks of bird flu and various viruses within that family before. 
So what was then named as uh, COVID-19 was just the 19 came because it was discovered. The outbreak was in 2019. But it's a family of, it's from a family of viruses that has always been known to be there. So it's real. It's, it was identified. It was isolated. It's not a, not, it's not an unknown entity. That's just, you know, theorized. It was actually identified. You know, through science, we've been able to say, you can isolate and say, this is the cause of this disease. So what we then, uh, the coronaviruses are known to be there. So this particular one was then said, no, it's there. It was a new virus discovered in 2019. And we said, no, it's causing these symptoms, these respiratory symptoms. So of course, we all know it was first, uh, I saw, uh, the first cases were reported in uh, Wuhan province in China. So that's where the first definitive cases, I mean, we won't sit and theorize. I mean, I've seen literature and reports that people think maybe it may have been seen somewhere else. But as far as we're concerned, it was first seen in uh, that province in China. So it is a real virus. It's, it's not just a flu. Uh, yeah. Yes, we do have <laughs> flus that come and go. We have flus that can mimic it. But uh, definitely we have, in recent history, we haven't had anything that was as deadly. I mean, yes, I'm right. sure you remember the previous uh, outbreaks of uh, of let's say bird flu that were there, they never got to Zimbabwe. I'm sure you remember that. We never had cases here in Africa and Southern Africa, at least, or in Zimbabwe. But with uh, with with COVID nineteen, it spread. I don't think there's a country on this planet that was not spared. Maybe certain countries didn't test for it, but I'm sure it was. As long as people traveled, it was there because of migration. So to answer your question. Uh, it's it's not just the flu. It is it's an entity by itself. Okay. So, Doc, um, can I ask why it spread? Um, can I ask why it spread so much more than the other SARS viruses? Is it just because it's more highly contagious, or I you think, know, my uh, airborne right. particles, etc. Uh, okay. Firstly, uh, so COVID is is spread through droplets. So when we talk of, uh, in terms of airborne, the whole concept of saying something is airborne, it's an actual medical definition. Who, uh, the World Health Organization actually has definitions of what, what they classify as airborne. So I'm not going to, uh, because it's an actual definition, which right now I don't know the exact, there's like a certain number, but a droplet of this size, if it goes this way. So I'm not going to go into that because those are actual figures that are there, uh, which you can just Google. But what is classified as something that is airborne, an airborne pathogen. So it's spread through droplets. And these droplets tend to spread up to a certain distance, which is why we talk about social distancing. Because it's been found that if you had a certain distance from a person who has it, you'll be safe, you'll be relatively safe. Uh, so the reason why it probably was so deadly is because the initial spread in the first days, we are not sure just how many people got it initially uh, from its source in China. And then because of modern travel, people going to wherever, going to wherever, even when it came to Zimbabwe with our first cases, uh, that initial contact, yes, we, we really did try to isolate the first people, but there was so much uh, there were those continued contacts which were happening. 
So I think there's an element of it being more virulent. As you know, I'm sure you remember early December going into uh, this year, January, there was a lot of talk about the South African variant. And this South African variant was isolated in SA, and they found out that it was even more, uh, not to say it was more deadlier, but it was more uh, in terms of its spread by its very nature was more likely. So I, what it means is if, if you get infected, it's more likely for it then to be transmitted to the next person than a previous variant. Though once you get it, you still get the same symptoms. So the South African variant was then found to be even more contagious than previous variants. And then there was talk of new a variant in Brazil. Then I think in the UK as well, there was a new variant and they're still discovering more variants. As we know, India right now is like, um, yeah, to put it in short, like it's a very sad situation in India. And uh, like I was just seeing on TV today, I think it's a case where they've had, I mean, ridiculous amount of deaths per day. Uh, yeah. So we don't know whether, I don't know whether it's a, a case of it being a new variant or it's just the same variant they had, but maybe their control mechanisms fell apart and now their system is overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, <clears throat> thanks, thanks for that, Doc. Um, so, you know, obviously there's been a lot of work that's been put into trying to contain the virus. And one of the methods, I guess this is the main method that is that has been introduced is the method of mass immunization. Um, and so this is where our problems, <laughs> this is where our problems begin now, where, you know, you've got people splitting hairs over uh, the, the vaccines and which vaccine is right, which vaccine is wrong. But before we even get there, uh, you, yeah. you are a Christian and you're somebody who goes to, to church and you know that, you know, different church leaders have yeah. different positions on this. Some church leaders are even being blatantly vocal against the vaccine saying that, you know, this is all a satanic agenda and you shouldn't, you know, they're encouraging their um, congregants to not get the, the vaccine. Uh, you've got uh, church leaders who think, you know, they, they just have a totally different view on it. Then you've got Christians, they're, they're different camps, right, that are in different camps concerning this issue. So I want to hear from you um, yes. <clears throat> to say, okay, so how does the whole vaccination process actually work? Because my understanding is that um, vaccines need a lot of time to develop. And um, I mean, this is, this is my very uned uneducated um, guess here. Uh, and okay. it, it, it appears that the COVID vaccine uh, was developed very quickly. So um, is, that, is that something to be concerned about? How, how, how has all of that happened? How, how have they been able to produce a vaccine in such a short space of time? Okay. Um, let me try to answer this as best as I can. Um, with a, to maybe a two-pronged approach. Um, there's, you know, there's a saying, I think we've heard this in church a lot, where we talk about standing on the shoulders of your elders to help you achieve more. So in terms of vaccine development, I can put it as to say they've stood on the shoulders of previous researchers. A lot of the, the vaccine research focused not on new measures. What they've done is they've gone, because the coronaviruses have always been known, they've gone, they went back uh, in essence and said, right, from what we did previously, can we from the uh, conduits we used previously, can't we develop something from there? We've uh, 
we know what the, the structure of the coronaviruses are like generally. So can't we so uh, can't we use that to develop new things? So essentially, it wasn't like starting. Yeah, that's a popular misconception that people just walk up. And I guess which what feeds into the theories that you know there's an agenda because I've heard that say that no, they knew that this virus was gonna come, this disease was gonna come, so they had already prepared their vaccines. No. People say because it was such a threat and we could see how bad things were getting. There's a stage uh, that even I have to confess that I was like, mm, we're getting into I am legend uh, territory. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, one of those ways people are just going to die left, right, and center, and then you hear that oh, mm-hmm. this country has been wiped out sort of thing. So because of that, it just put more emphasis on people to work harder. But they were working mainly using previous research. And having said that, the various vaccines are of different types. Um, they work on different, uh, using, based on, some of them work uh, using, like the Sinovac and Sinopharm. It's inactivated. Uh, essentially, you, I can put it as they kill, uh, in a colloquial term, they kill the, vac- the virus. And then that virus, when it's injected into you, so it's been killed, it's still got its protein. So the proteins are the ones that generate an immune response in the body. So what happens when you get vaccinated is we'll give you, you're given this either a weakened, uh, path. so when I say pathogen, I'm talking about the thing that causes, uh, uh, that causes the disease. So it can be a bacteria, right. a virus, whatever. So you are given a weakened, either a weakened form of the pathogen or a killed form, like one that doesn't work at all. So when it's put into your body, because it's got certain uh, constituents on it, in this case, proteins, what we call proteins, viral proteins, your body's immune system detects these and says, ah, we're under attack. So what does it do? It prepares, it first it goes to attack what's been injected into you. Then it realizes that ah, this is dead because it's not working anyway. But it's already, one, your body's already gained memory it now knows that there's this particular uh, pathogen. Number two, it's produ- hopefully it's produced antibodies and it's produced uh, cells which will recognize that particular uh, pathogen if it ever returns. So that's the okay. concept of uh, how vaccination works. So the Sinovac and Sinopharm uh, vaccine, which we are currently getting in Zimbabwe, they're based uh, on the concept. Um, so that's what... Uh, those who develop those particular vaccines, they use that technology because that is that is technology that is always that is based on concepts that have always been known. It's not a not a new thing. So the reason why, for example, it would then be difficult. You would then ask is I've heard it asked like so why then isn't there a vaccine for HIV? They've tried that, but sometimes because HIV is a different type of virus, the way it works is also different. And it, it, it replicates and forms so many variants so many times. A lot of the, a lot of when they've tried to do it, when they've done the research, usually when they do these studies, they'll do them on animals first in a lab. And it, yes, it does take years, as you said. So they found that, for example, they may generate an immune response, but when then they try it again, it doesn't work because the new, it's already replicated into a new form. So right. fortunately with, through research they found, and they do it, so they had to get volunteer subjects. 
who then said, yes, it's okay, you can try on me. Then they saw that, no, the vaccine we're giving, which we're developing, we tried it on people. So there are a lot of things, steps had to be skipped or at least quickened. Like, you know, in the USA, they said it was, if you notice, they'll say emergency, uh, emergency use authorization. So I, you're skipping a lot of steps to say, okay, let's just go for it. People who volunteer to be the subjects, uh, subjects being a bad term to use in this case, so volunteer <laughs> to be the yeah. recipients. And then various things will be monitored to see, okay, so they've gotten this vaccine. Did you generate some within certain people? And it's happened here in Zimbabwe. Not everyone was vaccinated. If you notice, everyone was, who got vaccinated, some people had blood uh, taken from them. The reason that yeah. was done is... Uh, is to allow for that research because it's ongoing to see like so those who had it uh who received the vaccine did they actually then later generate antibodies towards uh, right. the COVID, uh virus so th that essentially is the whole uh in a nutshell the basic science behind uh vaccination and behind the type of vaccine we are using the others right. that are being used in the usa the moderna uh the, the AstraZeneca and Pfizer. I'm not sure which one of those three they have in the USA. And then there's a Johnson and Johnson. The Johnson one. and Johnson they, one, yeah. They are built on slightly different technology as well. Okay. So I would have to okay. clarify the exact type. So I, would, I don't want to commit an answer to that. Uh, yeah, because right. I would say it's stuff that's out there though. Okay, cool. No, th thank you for that. Because I think that clarification is really, really important. Um, then I'm, gonna, I'm just going to move quickly here to... Um, so of course there's, there've been a lot of, a lot of theories, in fact, but before we get to the theories, um, I guess want to hone in on the fact that you, you yourself, um, were infected by the virus and, yeah. um, you were, you were out, you were out of commission <laughs> for quite a while. And I know that was a pretty, that was a pretty hectic. For three um, weeks, my guy. Ah, man, they, I, I remember us talking when, when you were, um, at home and, uh, in isolation and stuff. So what I want to know is what was that experience like for you, okay. uh, both as a medical doctor and now, you know, you, you, you are a, basically a patient. Um, okay. And then what I also want to know is that how, how would you then speak to people uh, from your own experience who are still skeptical about uh, what the virus actually is? Because you, you've had firsthand experience of what the virus is like. Okay. So... My story, okay, I have to put it in context. Um, I, got, I, I mentioned my, my wife at the start of this. I got married um, on the 9th of January, uh, Saturday, on Saturday, 9th January. And a um, few days later, I started feeling unwell. Um, just, it was oh, very- snap. It was just, so when I say I got married, I think Aurora. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. you know, I so went, uh, everything, happy, happy. A few days later, I'm back at home. Uh, I just started feeling tired. So, you know, at first I attributed it to, you know, I know it's stressing, you know, like, <laughs> you know how it is. Uh, yeah, don't man, let yeah. people deceive you with the photos uh, at the end. A lot of them have gone. There's a lot so, happening in the background. Yeah, so I just thought I had stress. So it was like a Tuesday. I just felt just tired. So I went to bed early. Next morning, ah, woke up. I'm actually feeling worse. 
And now I sort of had a headache and my eyes were teary and just like, they felt like they were stinging, like they had like stones in my eyes. Ah, then I really felt, so I was at work the next day. So I went to work, cool, cool, cool. But I just realized I'm feeling lethargic. And I said, you know what? We are in the middle of a pandemic and I'm feeling lethargic. I'm now feeling feverish. I mean, I'm not coughing, but ah, no. What's the more likely thing? Let me just, the best thing is just get tested so that we are sure if it's COVID, I isolate or whatever. If, it, if it's not, I just I just take my made lemon and stuff, of which I had already started just drinking, you know, uh, made lemon just to help with symptoms, my throat symptoms. So um, on the Thursday, Wednesday, uh, at work at Paris Hospital, they had a tent, uh, they still have it actually, where they do tests. So usually it's for inpatients and then for staff and then for walk-ins at the time because of issues with kids, they were sort of restricted. Yeah. So when I went there, got the test, but also because of volumes, which pairing at all handles, so I could only get results like two days later. So I actually got the Right. So I had to, yeah, for various reasons, I also couldn't stop going to work. Uh, won't get into wow. that. So on the Friday, by which time I was now feeling like super sick, like my chest was so feeling lethargic and stuff. Um, but I just thought, ah, no. But, but I just kept telling myself, ah, no, it's just a bad flu. Yeah, in my mind, I was just like, ah, no, I'm fine mm-hmm. to get better. I even like, got a friend to prescribe me some antibiotics. I was like, ah, it's just, a, just got an infection of some sort. On the Friday, I got my results back and boom. Uh, positive. So I immediately knew now I have to do the responsible thing. I have to um, yeah. inform firstly those people I knew I had been uh, definite contacts with at work, uh, like in the theaters I had been working, uh, in I- the ICU unit I had been working at. And then I also had to inform everyone from home, like on uh, my wife's side, where we had gone yeah. because I knew I had been in contact. So I didn't know, like, did I have COVID? Did I get COVID before? Before mm-hmm. I went there, and then maybe I didn't have symptoms, but I already had it, so I had to inform them. Or oh, I got it afterwards. So yeah, I had to inform everyone, and then of course inform people at work. Then came home, and then I knew. So I was told like uh, minimum ten days, but you can go fourteen days uh, isolation, and depending on how you're okay. feeling. So they also then just check things like my saturation when I was still at work to see that I'm breathing properly. They said, I ah, know it's okay, but eesh, by then, chest pain. I got him out. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So, as I shared with you those days, it, it was just a, a progressive. I think around day, around day five to day eight were probably the worst symptoms for me, mainly chest pain, wow. difficulty breathing. But part of me also, uh, I was telling myself, I do not want to go to hospital. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's Doctors, where the challenge comes I in. Hear, I hear that doctors make the worst patients. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's true. It's true. It's, 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 you know, because they, they all those things and then the psychological aspect of, you know, you're starting to ask yourself, hey, so this be it. Am I actually going? Whoa. And, then start, and then you think of the, like also the fact that okay, I've just been married for one week. <laughs> wow, so that's this, hectic, like, man. So you know, like uh, I, I I got married late in life, 
So it's like, all right. So I waited all this time so that I could get COVID and die one week after. I arrive. God is never late, dog. He's always on time. What do you mean you got married late? Ah, yeah. Yeah, that's another story. <laughs> but yeah, the, those. So that was uh, why I'm sharing all this is because there was that was the psychological warfare that was also going on in my mind. Because one, you've got physical Excellent. pain, but your mind is also going crazy. Because as worse as a doctor, you've seen patients die of COVID. You know the theory. You know how it happens. You know the chest symptoms. What happens? What happens to your lungs? And you are feeling those symptoms. So you're like, oh, okay. So now I mean. So now I'm developing uh, acute respiratory distress syndrome. Okay. Oh, so now my lungs are like this. Oh, so now I'm forming little clots in my vessels. Oh, okay. So that's what I'm glad I'm, not, I'm glad I'm not a doctor. <laughs> yeah. So at that point, and this is just for I guess for those who listening, that that's when you need a lot of family support. Um, stigma for uh, against COVID is still there, sadly. And it's, yeah. it's true, you need to be isolated, but we live in, I mean, look how we are talking. We're having this uh, interview via Zoom. Yeah. I mean, guys, why waste time doing lives on Facebook or Instagram or doing, you know, my chat in Makua? You know, the phones weren't designed just for that. You can also use them to talk to your family. You know, just, I had an aunt who is in the USA, uh, she's in the UK every single day without fail she would whatsapp video call me and would talk for hours because she realized that no this guy is all by himself in this house and he's got he's probably thinking about all the symptoms and his what so yeah that's my encouragement to people that if if you do ever get this disease which i hope you don't don't uh or if you know someone who gets it uh during their time of isolation, as far as even if they're in hospital, if they can access their phone, use their phone to talk to them. Uh, send message, yeah. do a family Zoom with them, uh, whatever. Uh, WhatsApp call, whatever you can do, just to keep them, give them hope. Because for me, that I think that was the ultimate thing. And just encouraging myself in the Lord. I mean, as I shared with people, the number of times I played Janet's music, like uh, particularly, yeah, Lumira, I remember you saying, like Domira Pamur. The number of times I yeah. had, I played that over and over and over and over and Ocean Day also. Like I know the words, <laughs> like the back of my head now, because <laughs> I had those songs like just looping continuously. Yeah, yeah, that's good, man. That's good. Okay, listen, what we're gonna do um, is I think let's let's end this one. Because I think this session is going to end just now. No, so it's not going to end. What, what do you take me for, man? I've graded. I ain't on free Zoom no more. <laughs> oh, is it? Hey, dude, not going to end. Like, okay, now I didn't get the memo. Yeah, these are the things you communicate beforehand. And it, look, look now. Okay, anyway, it's good to, it's good to know that we're go. not cheap. We're, we're, we're not, not cheap, cheap anymore. anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. I just wanted to ask okay. Doc a question. Yeah. Uh, so Doc, um, yeah. uh, so uh, just like you, I'm, I'm in the same boat. Um, COVID survivor, I've been vaccinated. Um, but I just wanted to find out something. So um, yeah. I'm not sure exactly when I had COVID, 
but I only discovered after because I was terribly oh. ill and okay. when I already have an underlying condition. So by the grace of God, I survived. And yeah. um, so at first it was, I was already ill with that underlying condition and then somehow COVID was there in the mix. And then only towards the end, when I then got a test, it was uh, discovered that I'd been exposed to COVID. But the, okay. the, the, because we didn't know, I was not really isolated. I was isolated because I was sick, but not like really, really isolated. So okay. I'm married. Uh, my wife never moved out of the room. Our, my kids never stopped coming to hug me and stuff. But none of them got it. Got Good, it's, 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 I don't good know that, they, it's good that your wife never moved. They were asymptomatic. <laughs> the thing about, about it is that my wife works at a workplace because of her workplace. They get regular COVID tests because she's an essential okay. worker. So okay. she uh, all the tests came out negative because they get tested like every week or two or something like that. So right. there's no, and there's, she's even done an AB test and no sign of antibodies. So I just wanted to find out how that kind of works. And how <laughs> I mean, I guess the way I can think of it is if you know, okay, I like following like Nat Geo a lot, like all these weird fancy science stuff. So one thing I've watched a bit about is like weather, like tornadoes. Do you know in countries where they have tornadoes, particularly the USA, you know, as violent as a tornado is, for some reason, and no one can explain it, sometimes you will find a tornado will knock down every single house in a neighborhood and leave one standing. It, it, a house across the street wow. will be flattened and the one next to it is okay. So I think that's why I'm sharing that. It's, it, that's also can happen with COVID, that you can be exposed to people with COVID and just somehow, because there's no droplet because the issue is they have to actually get those little particles into them. They have to breathe uh, them in. Okay, okay. It's about yeah. them touching you whilst you're still very virulent and then rubbing their eyes, for example, or rubbing, like kids especially, they stick their finger up their nose or touch their lips. Then you ingest those particles, the virus particles, they migrate to the back of your throat, they take root. So I think that's the best explanation we can give, apart, of course, from just God's grace. Because, yeah. yes, yeah. we have people, I know people within our hospital setting who have worked in COVID units since the start and they've never got COVID. And sometimes they don't exactly have the proper PPE, but wow. they just don't. Yet someone else who works in the same unit wearing full PPE got it because... You know, it's so, so it happens. It's not yeah. a okay. it's not a state that if you make contact with someone who has COVID, you will get COVID. However, it's the chance, the likelihood is high if you're with, especially if it's in the first few days, because there's that concept as well that you a person with COVID uh, sheds virus particles the most in the first few days of infection, and sometimes it's during the asymptomatic phase. That's when they're shedding the most. That's when it's replicating the most. Then, even with myself, when I had COVID, uh, when I left isolation, I wanted to go get a test to check. I was even told that, you know what, with the kind of uh, resources we have, don't worry about it. Chances, if we test you today, you're probably, it will probably still say positive, but you are not, you are not contagious anymore. Okay. Like, you actually are not <clears throat> to anyone anymore. So you see, 
you will test positive, but you're not at risk because we're now at day 16 or something like that. Okay. I see. Okay, hence the two is... weeks self-isolation. Um, Doc, so are you saying that these theories that some people have are like have inbuilt immunity or whatever you'd like to call it is not true or uh, just some are more susceptible than others? Um, to say inbuilt immunity, I think all of us have an ability to mount an immune response. Uh, but those with certain, it's also, okay, first let me retract. Because remember, COVID in the something. beginning, people were convinced yeah. that black people wouldn't even get this disease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then eventually, yeah. you were like, "Oh, oops, <laughs> we're like, we thought, yeah, Africa, <laughs> the weather. You are, we're still learning about yeah. So we're still, and then what we have been finding things like people with diabetes, for example, seem to be more susceptible to it, or if they get it, they seem to fare off worse than someone without diabetes. Uh, those are things we're discovering, for example. Uh, so that's why there's an emphasis on people with comorbidities, like trying to protect them more because they seem to be more susceptible. So it's we're still we're still learning about it. So to say someone has inbuilt immunity, I would I would not want to offer that. Uh, I would not want my name quoted next to such a statement. <laughs> uh, it could yeah. be it couldn't because uh, we just we just don't know enough about it. But definitely, there's no such thing as saying uh, black, black people are immune or this race is immune or people from this country are immune. No. Uh, if a country doesn't have COVID right now, it's probably because they're not testing. That's the only thing. <laughs> right. We won't talk about right. a particular country up north just from us yeah. that famously <laughs> has a, had a president that said they don't have COVID. Yeah. Um. Thanks, Doc. Uh, so I wanted to jump straight into the issue of the vaccines. <clears throat> yeah. uh, so with with the vaccines now, how effective are they? Because I think those are the questions that, you know, that, that people are having to say, OK, uh, what is the actual effectiveness of the vaccine? And um, is this all still sort of trial and error or um, are we saying that, you know, the, 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 the vaccine is actually going to be effective and people should get it? OK. Um, right. now I have to really watch my words because uh, <laughs> this is an ongoing thing in our country, for example, because mm-hmm. now the vaccination in terms of effectiveness, it now depends which one you're using. Um, as you know, a lot of the research has been done on, uh, on, on population. It's not the usual. We haven't taken the usual steps that I take it. So a lot of mm-hmm. things have had a second look into it where we say, for example, where they thought this one had 95% uh, efficacy, and then you realize, no, maybe it's a bit lower, or maybe because of the different variants, uh, there's an issue of different variants. So some of them, they, they are not sure whether this one will work against this, this one will work against this. But as far as we know, uh, here in Zimbabwe, so I won't talk about the uh, vaccines from other countries, but we in Zimbabwe, <clears throat> we are currently getting Sinovac and Sinopharm. And uh, as far as we know, it's thought from previous research. So this is from before they sent it to us. They were talking of uh, at least upwards of 70%, 75%, up to about 87%. Uh, we just need to check the exact percentages, but upwards of that, uh, saying that's the effectiveness, uh, efficacy of this, of this vaccine. So that was the thing to note, though, those particular vaccines 
were not uh, had not yet been tested against the South African variant at the time that we, they came here, because that right. was more likely what we were exposed to. But uh, for now, we're just saying we're essentially we're hoping that things are going to put it that we things will work out for the best for us. Because it seems as far as, as we are going now, it seems like our caseload has been low this year compared to last year, compared to what we had in December, January, February. Yes, we've started to get uh, outbreaks in schools uh, currently, but it seems we are much better now. So, yeah, I think the effectiveness, in terms of effectiveness, we are working with literature that we've been provided by those who've provided us with the vaccine. But we'll be able, so what happens with this is data will then be released based on, on in terms of what our cases are like over the next couple of months. And then the Ministry of Health will then release that data and compare, for example, the Chinese data and then they inform them, they inform the, the guys from the World Health Organization and tell them, okay, we vaccinated so many people, this percentage of our population, and then our cases, this is what our cases were like. This, they'll show those graphs that you see on those daily updates. So from there, they'll be able to work and say, no, actually, so it did work this way. And they will be able to adjust in terms of the figures. We'll only be able to tell proper definitively, I guess, with time as we go forward to then say, actually, this is what, this was our percentage uh, effectiveness from this particular uh, vaccine. Okay. Now, the people who are on the... Okay, sorry. Sorry, thanks. Would you mind defining what you mean by efficacy? Because us laymans just hear the word thrown around. We don't really understand what it means exactly. Because okay. it'll give some people who think the, the vaccine is more like an antidote. Like, you're now invincible. You'll never oh. get sick. Okay. And then others, you're like, no, no, you'll get sick. But then it just won't be as bad. Like, you probably won't die. Or the chances of you dying are less. So what do you okay. actually mean by efficacy? All right. So what it, efficacy is referring to when they compare the vaccine, the number of people who got, who got, who get a disease after being vaccinated versus those who get it without being vaccinated. I see. I don't That's not what I yes. thought it meant. <laughs> yeah. So, so, it, so that term efficacy in this, this is in the context of vaccination. I have to give that disclaimer. In other contexts, it, it sort of means something slightly different. When the, so it's like looking at the percentage of people who are vaccinated, and then you then see, did they get a disease in that such period versus the total population as those who didn't get uh, vaccinated. So people tend to uh, play around with those, uh, those terms a lot, but that's essentially what we'll be talking about. Okay. All right. And then the part B was that, yeah, for those who don't really know what the vaccine is supposed to do, yes. I think maybe oh, I cut out. Like, what does it do? Things. Okay, yes. But yeah, so it doesn't make vaccine, you invincible. No, a vaccine is there to, is to generate an immune response in your body so that it prepares your body. So, as, so a vaccine does not make you immune to a disease. It just means that you are less likely to get severe. So it's already known that with the current vaccines we have, they are, when we talk about their efficacy, it's about trying to efficacy against severe disease. So they've been found to reduce hospitalization. So you can still get the disease, 
I have been vaccinated. I can still get it, but I have very little chance of getting severe disease now. And with me, because I've even had COVID as well, my body was already primed uh, towards it. But this is where then comes the issues of we don't know how many months I'm going to have this relative, I'll call it relative immunity. We don't know how many months as yet. Uh, okay. So, But it's thought to be around six months. So what what people are now say are asking is, so does that mean we need a top-up, a booster dose, possibly? Uh, you know, it's still out there. The research is still out there. So it does not yeah. make use to, um, I'll use myself as an example. I still wear my mask. I still avoid crowded places. I don't walk around with this, like, oh, you know. I'm but, you know, vaccinated. the CDC has actually said that people who are vaccinated can, don't have to wear masks anymore. Yeah, I saw, yeah, that was for, and that's for the U.S. Uh, they use... Biden, uh, yeah. It is Biden. <laughs> but it's the CDC. So they use, uh, a, they're using different vaccines to us. So those ones have got uh, different percentages as well. So they release their own figures. So for Zimbabwe, we... St- and. Also, uh, don't compare us to them because their levels of uh, amounts of vaccination, the level they've reached versus us is very different. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, so this is, I, I like what you're saying, that this is an ongoing thing, um, yeah. that uh, the data is still getting released, that um, the virus is still being learned in terms of, uh, you know, how, how it's actually going to, be working uh, in terms of whether uh, the, the vaccine is concerned and, and all of that. I, I think, you know, that also helps bring some understanding because I think a lot of people were thinking that the vaccine is the ultimate solution. And once you have it, you know, everything, everything is, is sort yeah, of... The, then, um, the I, other measures still count, the social distancing, face masks. Right. And uh, just sanitizing. It still, it still applies. Right. Cool. What, what I want to do uh, in the short time that we have left is just to take it on a bit of a tangent. Um, so, you know, you know how there's been a lot of talk about, even in Christian circles even, uh, but generally in the, in the world, there's, there's a lot of talk about, hey, you know what, uh, what, what this vaccine is going to do to you is that it's going to make you sterile, right? Like, I know Stan of Owens are concerned about that, like, hey, now I want to have lighties, and now these owns want to watch. They want to kill. They want to kill my bullets, right? Yeah. So wow. The, so the the question that I have, and I'm asking on behalf of the guys here, because I know yeah. owns are owns are concerned out there. Is this Adam gonna kill our bullets, bruh? Are Adam's now gonna become blunt? Because you know what? If mm-hmm. if if now, yeah, you know what I'm saying. This is a genuine concern. Then the second concern that I have, um, that, that I've, I've I've had it. I've heard. You know, different people raise these concerns is to do with the fact that there is talk that there's certain individuals who want to depopulate the world right yeah. so there's, there's that sort of talk there's talk about you know africa has the fastest growing population in the world and so they need to contain that and that the, the vaccine could be one of the ways that could be used to do that so i just want to know and of course listen i'm not saying that you should comment uh, on this authoritatively but i just want to know as someone who is a medical practitioner and as someone who's also dealing with this um as a scientist that um is there is there something to be concerned about there is there is there possibility that hey listen uh you just need to be careful 
Yeah, I don't know. And like, can these owns, can these peeps be trusted? I think that's the question. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. What I can probably guess, I would willing to bet, is all of you here uh, on this Zoom uh, meet, you've all been vaccinated with something at some point in your life. Probably on your sick, if you're born here in Zimbabwe, if you look on your, is it the right <laughs> or left? Yeah, on your shoulder, but you've got a little brown spot. I've got, uh, I've got that item. Where you got your jab, your BCG, mm-hmm. and you yeah. had, you had, at, okay, at, when we were there, you had a jab at when we were still kids, six weeks, and then those days it was three months, three months, then at four months, and then at six weeks, at six months. You've had vaccinations all your life, you know, and that's the reason why most of us don't get measles and all these other little diseases. It's because that's why we don't have smallpox anymore because people were vaccinated. So the concept of, you know, vaccinating people has always, we've had it for many years, uh, centuries. So for me, I didn't say, why, okay, maybe because I'm biased uh, towards medicine, why then would they not want to then suddenly depopulate us with using the COVID thing? You know, if every, every other time, I mean, India, Look at their population, but people get vaccinated. They clearly it's not working if, if it's about depopulation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, from mm-hmm. the other, because we of all the reason all of us have not dealt with all these big diseases is because our parents were vaccinated, we were vaccinated. So, yes, but your concerns, uh, Kuda, uh, are valid. Yes, as a guy, yes, that's a concerning, but as far as I know, uh, that's. It's, it's not a known side effect of any of the vaccines we have currently in use. Or when I say currently in use, I mean all the other vaccines, whether it be BCG or whatever. Um, you know, so I think it's just, yes, we have a, there's been a lot of fear that has been spread. Um, mm-hmm. Sadly, when uh, COVID was at its peak last year, whilst people were chasing to develop vaccines, a lot of uh, uh, pastors and uh, who call them men of God, as they like to refer to themselves, were already <laughs> feeding. Uh, they were they were already feeding their flock. They were preparing their flock to be careful. It's coming. It's an agenda. You know, it was starting. Unfortunately, that 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 the groundwork was done for months and months and months and months and months. That this is all an agenda. Someone created this COVID so that you then need their their vaccine, which would then do this to you. It was being said, it was being so that when the vaccines did come, a lot of people now are scared to take them. And unfortunately, it's real. Uh, we've seen it in this country. Uh, you just need to follow some threads of some uh, popular pastors. You just see the comments that are there on social media. You see that people actually do believe that and. You know what? You can't change people. If someone believes something, if you know, yeah, I hope none of the people here believe this, but there are people who believe the earth is flat. Uh, I've tried arguing with them, and you realize it's right. Yes. So right, I, I, I think that's is, a, that one is a is a podcast. It's like yeah. its own. It's, it's own. So you know, if someone yeah. believes that, you you can't change them. Unfortunately, all you can do is this. Uh, if you notice, when we got vaccinated, 
we made noise about it on social media because it was saying, guys, yeah, we are. And I, I in particular, was very open. When I got my second dose, because it was two doses, I had side effects. I, I, and I was open about it that, guys, I had a headache and I felt terrible for a whole day. But afterwards, I was okay. Uh, nothing else happened. I didn't wake up speaking Chinese uh, or anything <laughs> like that, as people claim to happen. Yeah, uh, didn't change quick, nothing. Yeah, just quickly, quickly, Doc. Um, I think uh, what I just want to ask you, which could be of great benefit to our listeners, is I think a lot of people struggle with the balance between faith and science, right? I think yeah. I think that that's a struggle that a lot of people have to say. Um, some people think that if you trust too much in science, then that's uh, reflective of a lack of faith. Then, you know, there's mm. obviously people who then take it to the other extreme where it's like science, science, science. And I, I need to know the scientific yeah. facts of this and everything True. else is secondary to that. I just want to um, hear from you. And I, I guess you can speak um, to our audience uh, to say, how, what would you advise, you know, somebody who may be asking that question or who may be in that place where they say, hey, listen, you know, I'm a Christian. I have faith in God. Um, but uh, how do I strike the balance between my faith and also yeah. trusting in, in science? All right. Okay. So I think because of my particular job, I told you I work in, I mean, anesthesia. And one of my, one of our jobs is to work in the ICU, intensive care unit. So in, in hospital intensive care unit is essentially where the sickest of the sick patients in your hospital go to. So sadly, uh, I've been there when a lot of patients have died. You know, you just can't save everyone. As try as you may, sometimes it's just they would have gone too far. And, you know, it's life, as it says in the word, that it's appointed that for men to, to live and then you die, you know. So because of that, I, I know the reality of death. Death is there. It's real. Disease is real. Um, I'm a believer as well. So when I see someone in hospital, I see myself as someone who, you know, there's a saying that we, uh, it's, it's there in our hospitals, uh, in wards. It's usually the nurses who like writing it over patients' beds that we, we treat, but it's God who heals. So, you know, we've been equipped to, to try and make, uh, fellow, uh, people's uh, lives better. If you come with a broken bone, I've been equipped to at least try and help you to try and mend it. The process of healing is natural. Regardless of how sick you are, God created us with the ability to heal. Our bodies will heal. But uh, we've been equipped with skill to help that process, to say, not to say I'm helping God, but to to try and help that process, um, yeah. to make it better, to bring those bones together. We've been taught how to, you know, skill. We've been taught to operate on the brain so that you don't have to die from every single brain tumor. You know, we've been taught to treat diabetes so that you don't have to die when your pancreas stops working. You know, so why I'm sharing all this is you realize that it's you relying on medication does not mean you don't trust God anymore because God has appointed, uh, I don't want to say, okay, people like me, you know, if you say it like that, it sounds like I'm being proud, but he's, he's appointed. He's created the man of God, Sully. People, people who is purpose. <laughs> God has purposed people to serve yeah. as doctors, as nurses. 
So our job is to try and help people who've reached that point where they're in distress. And in most times, we are able to do it. But in some cases, we are unable to, and that's unfortunate. And it's for that person, depending on whether you believe in destiny and that stuff, it, I guess it was their destiny to pass on. So do not be afraid to seek help. Do not be afraid. Uh, if we say, if I say to you, please get vaccinated, it's, you know what, you don't want to be the one who your entire family dies and you're left by yourself. Because COVID is real. COVID has killed Christians. It's killed Hindus. Mm. It's killed Muslims. It, it's killed pastors. You know what I mean? It's killed doctors. Yeah. It's, it's a real thing. It's not a... It, it's it not respectable persons. Yes. Yeah. So we as uh, doctors and scientists, we are trying to at least slow down that process so, so it doesn't run away from us and we all end up all getting eradicated. Do not uh, fear. We're not, I'm not on, I, I won't say it to someone, I'm not on some agenda. I'm not on, on big farmers payroll. I'm not on, <laughs> I mean, I wish I was, you know, I wish I was. <laughs> like I wish Bill Gates was sending me money every month to, to promote vaccines, but no, he's not. It, is to say, guys, you know, it pains me to see people sick and dying when you can help them. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you for that, Doc. That's yeah. I think that that's a really, really good good response that you've given there. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up now. Uh, T Mac, Mr. Kent, anything yeah. from you before we go? I just um, have it not. Uh, yeah, I guess the question. In life, there's always those people who are the early adopters, and then there's those people who take a lot longer to accept certain things. So right now with the vaccine, those late adopters are like, you can be the guinea pigs, and then I'll just watch and wait and see what happens to y'all. And then when I feel safe enough, then I'll go and get this vaccine or when there's more research or when the efficacy improves or whatever the case may be, um, then I'll go and get my jab. So to that person, what would you say? I I guess there's nothing wrong with that stance. That's just how people are. Some take to things quickly, others take more time. I mean, there's been talk of mandatory vaccination. Um, I, this is now a personal view, so if anyone will quote, I don't believe you should ever force adults uh, mm. to do anything. Uh, when it comes to children, uh, I think that's a different view altogether, I think, because I've seen the benefits of mass vaccination of children uh, for the other, because it saved a lot of children from, from dying from easily treatable diseases. But uh, firstly, I'll say people have an independent choice. People should have that choice to say, no, I don't want, or yes, I want to. Uh, But uh, people need to be informed. I guess through even shows like this, people, um, governments should be open. Ministries should be open. Ministries should have portals on their website where if you want to know anything, it's there. You can ask and there's no recrimination. You say, but what of this, what of this, what of this? So for the slow adopter, um, I would encourage them to just look at us. We've, we've had it. We've had it. We're still, yeah, we're, nothing's changed. You know, life's going on. Um, yes, uh, side effects are there. 
So it's true. So I guess it could also justify you being a slow, slow adopter. Um, side effects are there, but as with everything, all drugs that we, a vaccine is not a drug, but yes, all drugs have side effects. But the issue is with more, as with more research as time goes by, we'll be able to try and minimize those side effects. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll just say, I'll, my encouragement <clears throat> is, is try. Uh, I would never force anyone to get vaccinated, but the more people are vaccinated, the less likely this disease, uh, the less likely this disease will keep uh, proliferating. Awesome. Thanks, Doc. Thank you. Um, and I had promised that uh, I was going to say a bit more about Doc uh, at the end. So, so Doc is actually quite a multifaceted guy, for those of you who may want to know. Uh, him and I used to play war. Yeah, used to play in the band together. So he's a very well-skilled bass guitarist. No, his face, yeah. bro. He plays. He plays bass, <laughs> so he's got he's got he's got skills. Um, and then, uh, Doc and I have, uh, yeah, you need you need to practice, bro. You need to practice. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then him and I have been part of a program together where we went to the US as an, an exchange program. I guess I, I went a few years before before him, and he went for something totally different. Uh, it had nothing to do with his medical profession. It had to do with animals, and I'm like, dude. Animals. So yeah, of course, he's a big um, animal enthusiast. Is there such a thing? <laughs> but yeah, he's into wildlife and all this fancy white people stuff. Uh, yes, I said it. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, um, uh, so yeah, you're you're a very interesting guy. And then of course, you know, he's also a bit of a there's that activist in there somewhere. In the, in, and all, all you need to do is, is read some of his posts that are very vocal about you know some some of the ills in society and stuff, which, which is something that I always appreciate, you know, that, um, you know, you, you, you speak out. And I think you're one of the people that's very outspoken about, you know, ab about certain things. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah. And of course, you know, he's a committed Christian, uh, married to one wife. And um, yeah. And of course, uh, from what he said, his bullets have not been blunted. So, wow. hey. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I know this is a Christian podcast, but come on, you guys think about this stuff. So shut up. So, um, we love you. And, um, yeah, this has been a great, this has been a great show. T-Mac, good to have you, even though, you know, you today, you, you don't want to show us your face, but you know, it's, it's always, it's always being to, it's always good being together here. Uh, Doc, any parting shots from you? Um, all right. Uh, parting out there, you know, the the war still continues, but let's uh, let's take let's take um, let's take comfort uh, in our victories for now. It's not as bad as we thought it. You know, we've, I, I would love to believe that we went through the worst part in this country, at least. You know, and we've been resilient. And I'll just encourage people, as I said, you know, vaccination is it's for free go get it because you know one day you may then want to get it and won't have the vaccines anymore yeah no thanks for that doc uh t-mac i'm going to hand over to you oh nothing to say here nothing from me that's how you do zoom meetings <laughs> nothing, <laughs> from <here>. <laughs> <laughs> nothing from me <laughs> oh, so, you, so you can close us off all right, thank you, Doc, for joining us. Thanks, yeah. Cookie Monster. Um, and thanks to the producer for this topic. 
Um, if you do have any more questions for Doc or for any of us, please feel free to send those through to our email or wherever or comment wherever you are listening to this podcast, whichever podcast player you use. And please rate us as well. I know you just are dying to give us five stars. So go ahead yes. and do that. It helps other people to find our show. And with that, peace out. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.